So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double tap does what the f he wants. Hello and welcome along to chapter 76 of What's the Story podcast. And that's very hard for me to say because I have a list. <laughs> you have a real list? Yeah, yeah. You don't have a real list. But do you have a real list? We just heard it there, sir. Say uh, sausages. Sausages. That's a cute list, though. It's not like a. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess. Sausages. Yeah, it's not one of them lists. No. But I get a little bit paranoid about it. You, you, you have a list on, your la- on the last list, is it? It's not on the first one. Sausages. Yeah. I don't know. The listeners will tell us. I think they just stress the S. Probably. Probably. The, uh, people with um, speech impediment with R's used to scare the shit out of me. What, like John Ross? Yeah. Well, yeah. not John Ross because he's a personality. Just in general? like. Just, just, yeah, I don't know. Like when I was a kid. How do you feel about him now? I don't, know, don't mind now. That's all right. I don't mind now at all. Um, yeah, good. My name is Danny Mui. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been joined by Graham Mellow Merrigan. <laughs> In my car. <laughs> this is, yeah. We are in Danny's brand new car because yeah. we were out at a studio today for our guest this week. Yeah, sometimes we take off. Off. Okay. <laughs> sometimes I'll try that again, lads. Sometimes we take what's Story podcast off on a little excursion on the road. So um, the previous excursions have been um, David Norris's house, David Norris's house, uh, Charleville Lodge Hotel. Las Vegas, Mihalo Mirahertig, um, Tim Pat Coogan. <laughs> it's, it's not often we Tim do Pat's it. Up. It's not often we do it, but when we do it, we like it to be good. And this is good. We had the absolute privilege of uh, being invited out to News Talk Studios out in Dublin City Centre. Marconi House. Marconi House, Diggs Lane. Um to have a chat with the wonderful and amazing and one of the nicest people we'll ever ever have on this podcast and I mean that sincerely Jess Kelly who is the technology correspondent for News Talk Um, you would have heard her on the likes of George Hook on Pat Kenny Um, if you've been listening to News Talk for years you you may even have heard her feature on Sean Moncrief although I think she was on doing research at that point she said I think yeah that's um, what it was and she's even appeared in the telly box a couple of times if you watch Saturday Morning TV and all that but uh, lovely girl she's technology correspondent and she is she's one of the nicest people we've ever spoke to on this podcast and um, so accommodating to us as well so yeah yeah she she brought us out to uh, to News Talk in studio we recorded out there and uh, it was a pleasure and right it was beside uh, the off the ball lads yeah off the ball was in one studio looking through a little window we could see John Malloy and Cow. but like, um, lads you coming out there Pat or what but that's not why we were there we were there to speak to Jess and uh, really enjoyed it it was a good conversation we were talking about all things technology and just sort of like no, nice kind of general waffle but uh, yeah we learned stuff about virtual reality and about 
all these different places that have all your details and how to get rid of all those places that have all your details. Handy yeah. website, keep it ear out for that. Um but before we bring you us talking to Jess out in news talk, Graham Mero Merrigan. Mero. Mero. <laughs> what have you been up to lately, kid? Not much. I uh, done the dirt on you on Monday morning. You did do the dirty on Monday me, morning. man. Yeah, yeah. I was on uh, the Turbity Show's Christmas special from the GPL. Ryan Turbity, the Tubs. Monday after the toy show, and you go on his bleeding radio show. Yeah, they rang me up. Um, it was gas. Uh, a friend of mine used that I used to work on Vodafone now works in RTE, and um, they were talking about they were planning their Christmas special, <laughs> um, RTE Radio One, the Turbity Show. And uh, yeah, sorry, they were planning their Christmas special. They were talking about the Tesco Christmas ad, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, your man, he's our favorite one." You and uh, Tom, who I used to work with, said, "Oh, Jace, I know him. I used to work with him." And they said, "Oh, do you think he'd be coming? He'd he'd come on the show." He's like, "Absolutely, he'd come on the show." So they rang me up, and. Uh, of course I said yeah and I went out and I talked to Ryan for about five or six minutes about um the plan was to talk about uh the Tesco ad Christmas um the the podcast and Rocco. Now we didn't get time to talk about uh, the great Rocco but mm. uh it was great crack, it was a great experience. It was recorded live from um the fire. So how do you say that? Foyer. Foyer. <laughs> That's what he said. Live from the fire. <laughs> was it warm <laughs> live from the foyer <laughs> live from the fire the fire was that tough there's no tough it was cold <laughs> it was from the fire foyer foyer it was live from the foyer you see Graham you'll get all the media gigs but it's me that cultures you remember that <laughs> remember that it was from the foyer and um, he how like I was just observing. The show started at nine. I got there about nine, and I was just um, kind of loitering around the GPO, listening and watching. Uh, oh, like Patrick Pierce, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listening to uh, Ryan, but his multitasking skills are Jesus. They're second to none. I can't multitask to save my life, because um, the the L ones that were coming up to annoy him and. And even the men coming up to annoy him. There was men shouting over, have you any toy show tickets for next year? Jesus. When when he um, when he was trying to do the show live. So, yeah, it was a great experience. We we shook we we shook on a uh, appearance on WTS Pod. So hopefully in we'll the have, new in the new year we'll have Ryan Tuberty on the podcast. We'll have Tubbers on WTS Pod. Yeah. Uh, it was no, it was good. I was listening to you. Um right. Thoughts came across quite well, Graham. Um, you got a plug in for the podcast, so I'm I'm happy with that. You were name checked. Uh, I was name checked. Thanks for that. Yeah, but um, don't ever ever use my name one of your other lovers again. Who's your other lover? Totally, they want to dirt on me. <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't. Yeah, they want to dirty on it was me. Done. It was a five minute affair. Well, Graham, sometimes a five minute affair is all it takes to break down a lifetime of hard work. They got me a taxi and all. I'm I'm your bleeding chauffeur. <laughs> For tonight, because we were... Yeah, well, just remember that. Sorry. You're right. I will remember. Remember what side your bread is buttered on, young man? I'll never forget. Good lad. Now, nah, well, you, you, said you came across very well, I have to say. I'm proud of you. Thank I, you. I enjoyed it. Appreciate that. Um, But, yeah. um, So, we may, we may, 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 may have Ronnie Torbley on this podcast someday. 
I'm a little bit giddy, and I don't quite know why. I think it's because we're in the car and we're not in the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick Castle that we normally come from. <laughs> um, Studio 9 is vacant this evening, um, but we'll be returning to our fabulous abode um, for our next week's chapter, which is a doozy. Which is a doozy. Say it's nothing. Absolute dinger. We're looking forward to it. Um, but yeah. What's the start of the mild weather? A bit mad, isn't it? 16 degrees or something. In the middle of like December. Mental. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody who doesn't believe in global warming. Here you go, boys. <coughs> we had a um had a great night in the Oigo last Friday for uh, the Ballybrack Bulls. It was the a cube. the cube, it was a fundraiser, it was brilliant. Why did he always whisper it on the telly? I don't know. I never watched it, I never no, knew anything about the cube. No, no, no. Your man Schofield presents it. It's quite good, but I never understood why rather than just saying the cube, it was always the cube. Really? Yeah. No, um, oh yeah, I was looking. So the the Bulls host uh, a league fixture every year, and it costs us the best part of about fourteen hundred euro. So I rang the Oigo and asked them would they be in a position to uh, sponsor us with a bit of money for that day or pay for that day. They told me that they'd be able to give me X amount, uh, but to make more money, uh, Eamon, he was an absolute legend of a man. Said that finest barman in the borough. Absolutely, he said I can give you what did he say. I think he, I think he said I can give you five hundred euro, or he goes I've had this plan in my head for a while and I want to pull it off in the Oigo. He said he was at his kids' fundraiser for the school and they did the cube, but they rented the cube from an entertainment company that cost a small fortune, and they have all the the props and stuff for the game show. <clears throat> but Eamon was wanting to make it all himself, which he did. So he said, I can give you the cash or I can do this. I get 12 participants and they have to raise X amount of money to get to your target, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever, I mean, whatever you think's the best. Um, I said, what do I have to do? And he said, you don't have to do anything. I'll plan everything. So Eamon did. The night went ahead last Friday, um, the 2nd of December, and it was absolutely brilliant. The atmosphere was sensational. And the games were just hilarious. They had it on... Uh, all the screens around the Oigo and it was class so um, the w- winner was a friend of mine Niall Matthews was in the final with another friend of mine Nathan McClurg and an honourable mention to Martin Cobb who came toward um, but Nate, or Niall now wins um, an extra spot on Fair City him plus three people very good. So they get to go on Fair City now as extras. Very good. So great night. Thanks to Eamon and thanks to the Oigo. Best pub in the borough. Absolutely. So they are. Oigo in. Valley Brack. You go in, Oigo in. We all go into the Oigo in. Love it. Um, speaking of the fixture at the Bulls host. December 17th. Next weekend. Next weekend. Lawrence College. St. Lawrence College. We tip off at 4 o'clock against Clonus Lee. We have a bit of grudge history with Clonus Lee, so get up and just wreck the gaff. Make loads of noise. <laughs> wreck the gaff. Yeah. Um yeah, I'll be there as well. So December seventeenth, um, St. Lawrence College, four o'clock. Beautiful. I shall be there. So if there's a queue for selfies with Graham, um <laughs> while you're waiting Talk to Danny. You can talk to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't be there for long though because Leinster are playing that evening so I'll literally be there for the match and I'll be shagging off. Um, yeah. What about know. my security? What about it? You're the... Yeah, you can manage You're yourself. 
You can manage yourself. Right then, shall we get on to the wonderful and brilliant Jess Kelly of News Talk Man? Let's do it. Graham, we're not in Fitzpatrick's now. We're uh, we've moved house for today. Marconi. Marconi house we've moved to. Deadly. Um good well played. I've been here before. Have you? Yeah, with Tom Dunn. On one of your many media outings. My media whoring. Do you know about this lad and his media antics? No. Oh, we'll get on to it, don't worry. Oh, fab, okay. Great. I'm in. <laughs> but before we uh, prop up Graham's ego, there's a reason we've come <laughs> out to news talk, and that's to uh, talk to the wonderful Jess Kelly. Jess, thanks very much for bringing us out here, as opposed to you coming. Oh, thanks for coming to me. It's so much handier. This is like a little holiday for us, though. Is it's it? great. Like, yeah. yeah. We had a good yeah. day out. Uh, we had a good drive in. Yeah, lovely drive in. Lads, you need to up your expectations in life, seriously. <laughs> if this is a nice little holiday now, come on. No. Are you usually is... based in Kalini with those fab views? Yeah. Not in the winter, though. The views are gone in the winter. Yeah, it's too oh, dark. really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but we, okay. we do have a nice. Warm studio, air quotes. <laughs> studio. <laughs> well, this is a lovely warm studio. Like, it you'll is, be sweating actually. in about five yeah. minutes. I'm actually a bit sweating already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, There's no glamour here now, lads. <laughs> this is an actual studio, as opposed to the room that we just put microphones in and say it's a studio. <laughs> yeah. Magic. It's um, all the same, that. The listener yeah. never knows. They do. Oh, but what they do know is that if they go to Fitzpatrick's, they'll get a lovely meal. Yeah. There you go. Plug in. Plug yes. in. Box Grant. ticked. <laughs> um, yeah, Merrigan is basically a media hero. Um, nice. He was on, am I allowed to say Ryan Turbody in here? Does that happen if I say Ryan Turbody? The building has just started to fall. I don't know it's shaking like already. Shaking. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, he was on Turbody the other day. Um, he's on the Tesco ads. Do you know that to the host? Do you know them ads? Oh, yeah. He's faced the Tesco right there, yeah. And he was on Not Fair City. Tesco. Oh, wow. Fair City. Wow. Just call me Rocco. Yeah. Rocco's my character now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I probably won't. I broke hearts. Yeah. I left. I came back and I got my board back. Your board? Yeah, my board. Love it, mm. nice, nice. So, that's Graham for you. That's, <laughs> nice no. to meet you, Rocco. Yeah. You! Um, I just follow him around for groupies and attention. <laughs> Congratulations, that's a good life plan. I know people who've got less of a plan than that, so that's all right. Um, well, look, anyway, Jess, you've been with News Talk for about 47 years now, even yeah. though you only look about 23. Mm. How does that work? Uh, so, basically, what happened was I started working in News Talk when I was 19, so, eight years ago now. I wasn't far off to 23 then. No, I'm 27, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think I'm 27. <laughs> I've started to forget my age recently as well. Oh, no, I just, I, cause I, I kind of, I'm at the stage now where I used to kind of go around going, oh, yeah, I'm 21, now I'm 21, oh, God, I'm so young. And now I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm older, I'm over 25, that's all you need to know. Yeah. But um, I did arts in UCD and I didn't like yes. it. No, no okay. I didn't like it. I'm not high-fiving you there. Okay. I didn't like it at all because oh. I went to a very small secondary school and in that secondary school, Sw- I kind of served a purpose. I swallowed by the numbers in UCD. I completely did. Like I remember yeah. sitting in my first ever lecture. I did Irish and geography and I sat in my first geography lecture and the lecturer said, look to, the, took, look to your left and look to your right. You'll never see those people again. Which is a fair, like it's a, it, Theatre yeah. L is the massive, like I think it's 500 seater or something. Crazy, like it's a huge, it? a huge auditorium. And so I just felt lost and I didn't like, I, I didn't feel like any of the societies kind of suited what I wanted to do. So I just kind of emailed every radio station. I'm talking like hospital radio, local radio, national radio, looking for some form of work experience because I got it into my head that radio would be cool. Did you try the radio station in UCD? Yeah, and they wouldn't have me because I had no, yeah, no yeah, they had too many numbers and all the rest. So I ended up coming into Newstock. Uh, Newstock was the only station that got back to me. and I made, Wow. Yeah, I know, right? So I made tea and coffee in here every Saturday and Sunday um, for the duration of my time as a college student. 
and I loved it. Like the second I walked in, I loved it because I was like a sponge. Yeah. So although all I was doing was making tea and coffee, I watched everyone like a hawk. I took, like I, I built up contacts. I built up relationships with people. I watched how the tech ops press the buttons and I watched how producers deal with researchers and I absorbed every single second of that. And actually yesterday was my six year anniversary from graduating from UCD. And I can honestly say that I learned more on my Saturdays and Sundays making tea and coffee in here than I did in my, in my years in, in UCD. Um, and then three weeks before I graduated, so th- th- around th- this, this time, six years ago, I was only three weeks into, into my full-time job here in Newstalk as a researcher in Moncrief. So I stuck with the tea and coffee. I um, then got freelance shifts. And then, as I said before, I graduated, I was offered a full-time job as a Amazing. researcher. Mm. See, it's mad that you're saying all that because I don't arts as well. And I didn't like... Arts. I didn't really like UCD, but I was fortunate enough that I, I did get involved with the radio station mm. UCD. Now, granted, it's worked slightly better for you than it has for me. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> hey, Dan, you got me, man. Well, that's true. I, I don't did. have Morocco. Yeah. That's true, actually, mm. in fairness. Yeah. But um, the only reason I stayed in UCD was because of the radio station. Yeah, you see, I just so, didn't... I, do, I think I went in too late or whatever because it was mm. around... I don't know. I think it was after Halloween on my in my first year that I started to feel a bit lost, yeah. and so I went to the station. But already they had like loads of people volunteering and whatever like that, and so I just they did they couldn't fit me in. And I've I've never been the kind of person to just sit and bitch and moan. Yeah. So rather than just wallowing in that, I sent I sent out the emails, and it, it did work out. But it's kind of. Like if you talk to there's a hundred and something people or I don't know how there's around hundred people working here in Newstalk and if you were to ask them all how they got into it everyone would have a different story and the majority of them are they fell into it yeah because it's not something you know people go and do journalism degrees and whatever but that doesn't really equip you equip you for working in this industry it's it's kind of it's whether you sink or you swim and luckily I I swam and I'm still here eight years on um but it it's. I think that it's just fortunate how my time in UCD went because even though I don't look back on those years with fond memories, I made some great friends and it pushed me to get into here. Yeah. Um, so it stands to me in that way. So you, you've been here then, as you said, for a long time now. Yeah. And in that time, you've kind of dipped your toe in with some of the bigger now. You said like you research on Ron Creed. Yeah. You've worked You've been on George Hook a lot. You're yeah. Like Pat Kenny, you're still involved with Pat Kenny. That's right, yeah. So, like, my journey, like, my journey. So, I, <laughs> I um, sit back now. This is a great listen. It's not really. Uh, so, I went from, my first job as a contracted employee of Newstalk was a researcher on Moncrief. And that was just the weirdest experience ever because you're finding, you know, people who believe in aliens and go hunting them for three months of the year. Like, that's the kind of stories that Moncrief does. And it's amazing. Do you believe in aliens? I'd never say never. No, I don't. Do you know? Uh, it's ridiculous. Meryl? Um, I think there has to be something out there. I don't think it's just us. I don't think it's just us, but like, I don't think it's like... I don't think it's aliens. the Hollywood version of an alien. But like that Seth Rogen film? Yeah. I don't think it's Are, like... Seth Rogen? What's Seth Rogen film? Was it Seth Rogen? The one where he is an alien. The two lads, what you call your man? Simon Pegg and the other guy? Oh, Paul? I know who you're talking about. Oh, Paul, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll yeah. oh, Rogan is on that, yeah, yeah. He is, the, he is the alien. I don't think they're styled like Hollywood, but I do, I have to, there has to be something else out there other than us on planet Earth. Very good. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's definitely something out there, man. Full X-Files. Yeah, there, there can't <laughs> be just, there can't be just human races on Earth. I'm sitting there and I'm like, And yeah, animals and all that stuff. But if you look at how diverse human beings are, like, there obviously is something weirder than the weirdest person. 
you know, that's how yeah. I think of it. That's like, actually a very good way of putting it. So, well, how do you mean weirder than the weirdest person? Well, because like personally speaking, I'm probably the weirdest person in my group, right? But if you think if I'm the weirdest person in that group, if I'm the weirdest thing that that group knows, there has to be something weirder than me out there. So whether it's another human being or another animal or just another being in general. So that's how I think of things. I don't think it's necessarily aliens. I just think that there's weird shit out there. And it's just what yeah. form that takes. Okay. That's my philosophy on there's weird like shit. so many different solar systems that out there as well. Like. I can't if I start thinking about yeah, that. No. Yeah, yeah you go we're into gonna, it. We're literally going to go into a black hole. But he he go loves going hole. into oh, rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. I'm terrible for it. Like I spent about six months on Everest without actually being on Everest. <laughs> <laughs> what an achievement. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that later because we we'll won't talk to you about virtual reality stuff. But we'll, oh, yeah. Yeah, but, oh, okay. Mm. So Moncrief, yeah. So Moncrief yeah. was <laughs> weird shit. That, that's, that's point number one. Then I went from Moncrief to Tom Dunn. Um, and Tom, working on Tom Dunn's show was very important to me because that's where I met one of like my key mentors in my career. Because when I was growing up, I didn't have many mentors. I don't know about you, but like I didn't have someone that I looked to going, when I grow up, I want to be that person or that's someone that I can kind of base myself upon. And it's only as I've gotten older that that started to happen to me. So there's a guy who used to be the producer on Tom Dunn called Joe Donnelly. And he now is the assistant program director up in Today FM upstairs here. And he was someone who kind of took me under his wing a little bit and gave me guidance and he was, he's just he's still to this day and like I was texting him earlier on he's he's just an important person in my career anytime I have anything that's going on or if I have any questions or if I'm unsure if I need confidence boost whatever it is I turn to Joe and so working with him was just great I learned so much from working with him and Tom was brilliant and I had so much fun on that show and then when the daytime version of that show came to an end I started working on the Pat Kenny show when Pat moved over from RTE which is that that was probably the biggest learning curve I've had because at that stage I'd been in news talk about five years and I kind of got to that stage where I thought I knew everything and then I'll never ever forget the day that this is kind of a grim story but anyway the day Nelson Mandela died this was 2015 uh, and was it 2015? No it was three years ago three years ago sorry yeah. 20, so it was the first year Pat three years ago two talk, days sorry. ago that's because that's it popped up on my feet, actually, yeah. So the day that he died, basically, we were putting a montage together and Pat kind of came over and was talking about how to use audio clips and not to have too much music. And it's all these like little nitty-gritty things that if you work in radio, having his brain and his ears listen through to something and giving that kind of constructive feedback is just mind-blowing. Like, it's yeah. incredible to have someone who knows so much about the industry passing the knowledge on to you. And it, yeah, you're right, because the show was only on air, on, on air a few weeks at that stage. And that was the first time I realised, God, I'm going to learn so much from this man. And I, ha- I have. And even, wow, was he with News Talk three years already? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why, because oh my, my brain, God, yeah. I know the, the years go by and that's why I kind of get confused, because it only feels like last year, but it was actually yeah, three years ago. Um, wow. And so stuff like that is amazing. And then in March of this year, I was appointed technology correspondent, so I'm no longer doing research. I am reporting on all things tech across the station, and it's fab. So that's my journey. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss the research and bit of it at all, though? No. No? No. Um, I, it's really funny. It, I kind of, like, researching is a weird thing because it's such a diverse job. You're never doing the same, but you are doing the same thing, but you're never kind of doing the same topics. So every day you could be doing, you know, a brief on Irish water one day, then aliens the next day, then, you know, I don't know, a singer the next day, whatever it may be. And you get to meet amazing people. But I kind of got to the stage where like a lot of that work is desk based. So you're sitting there writing briefs for the presenter then to go and do the interview. I got to the stage in my career when I realized that, I want to kind of 
not necessarily be doing interviews, but I want to get out and I want to report on things and I want to explore a bit more. Um, and I felt like I have more to give that than kind of writing briefs. And don't get me wrong, the researcher is one of the most valuable members of a production team in radio. But I just kind of felt like I could probably do more and I wanted to take a stab at doing more. So when I, I became Tech Car, I kind of, and I'm still finding my feet. I'm only in this job a matter of months. Um, but I, I much prefer this this side of things, I have to say. Were you on, the, were you, you weren't researcher on Tom Dum show when he spent the two days in a wheelchair, were you? I was. Because I was, I was the one that came in. Oh, no way. Yeah, I assisted That him. popped up on my feed, on my Facebook feed, on my Facebook memories not that long ago. I think that was... It was like September, Yeah, it was around August. September. Uh, no, it was it September, October. Because I, I remember we were going to do it as a series and then, uh, like, Tom, that was such a great like series during the mm. way and all the different things that we did on the Tom Dunn show were amazing but like I remember I have a photograph on my Facebook feed that popped up of George Hook pushing uh, Tom Dunn through the office on the wheelchair <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Tom telling the story of trying to get the dart home and it's just it's it's one of those things that it's kind of it's, it was a real life experience that yeah. Tom because he's, he, was, he kind of lives near us Tom okay so I came in um, Claire the researcher I think her name mm-hmm. was she's uh, now the producer of Moncrief oh no way yeah so I think she'd only just started. She had when I was there, and um, I came in and just gave him tips mm. for his day ahead. I remember. And that, then the yeah. next day, I came in to see how we got on. He oh. said it was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, no, he said it was a nightmare. Yeah, uh, but that was a good experience. Yeah, no, it was, and it was all like, and that's why, like, when I think back now of all the stuff that I've done over the eight years, like, you do some weird shit, and like, if you were to look at my internet search history over the eight years as well, <laughs> you would think that I was the weirdest person in the world. Yeah. But it's all because that's just where the work takes you. Like you find yourself, yeah. we talk about rabbit holes, you find yourself down these little caves trying to research something so thoroughly so that you can give the presenter the best stuff possible. And like I know the weird, like I know the weirdest random facts about nothingness just because I've researched so many topics over the years. Do you know that way? It's kind Love of, it. it's bananas. It's utterly bananas. I'm a great source of useless information that nobody will ever need to know. Useless facts are great though. So what you're saying is, you should be on pub quiz teams. Oh no, you see, I panic. <laughs> no, I, I can't be doing quizzes now. I don't do well in tests. I'm not, no, that's too much pressure. Already thinking about it's giving me a stress rush. I can't do quizzes. No. Well, we right. won't do that then. No. What's your favourite fact? No, we won't do no, that. No, 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 don't put me under pressure. You don't understand. I can't do it. No. For someone who works in a deadline driven business, when I'm put under certain pressures, I just completely freeze. I was never good at, like academically because I could never perform on exam days. That's yeah. why like, continuous assessment suits me better because I can always deliver once I'm I'm kind of on my own time. And like I'm very um like I'm good at motivating myself and managing my own time. But Jesus, if you're sitting in like um the RDS doing an exam oh. on Star Naguelga in U C D and you just think what does Gwilga mean? <laughs> <laughs> like my brain and I like I went to an Irish secondary school and I still freaked out. I just can't do it. I can't do exams. I'm sorry. Right. Reminds me of uh, the the daughter in Bob's burgers. You ever watch Bob's Burgers? No. All right, change the subject. That <laughs> Doesn't <reference>. matter. <laughs> that, that went well for you, didn't it? <laughs> it went, went down like a lead balloon. You should probably try bring up more popular culture. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Fair City. Or Gilmore Girls. Fair City. I Gilmore w- Girls. I haven't watched the new Gilmore. Do you know, I haven't watched it either. I just said that to try and get a reaction. I've never oh. watched that at all. <laughs> Have you not? Oh. I remember watching again when I was in UCD and I was miserable. I'd uh, go on the hop every now and then. And I can't uh, believe you finished out in UCD the way you're going on about it. 
Yeah, do you know what? It wasn't that anything went wrong or like I did all right in my exams and like I made some really good friends who are still my best friends now. But I just felt lost. Like I didn't serve yeah. a purpose. Like I went around, I was working part time in a baby shop selling car seats and boogies on the weekend. And like that was more of my purpose than than the work. And yet the, the college thing, like you, arts and UCD is only 20 hours a week or something like that, which is nothing. It's- when and if any of them are nine o'clock in the morning, they just don't exist. They don't exist. So you, you end know? up watching the Gilmore Girls, then Jeremy yeah. Kyle, yeah. then you watch Scrubs on E4, and then the repeat of the same episode on E4 plus one. <laughs> and then you watch Friends repeats. Like, that was my life because I just felt, I don't like feeling lost. And that's something that I've kind of said. And this isn't like a deep, meaningful conversation. It's just that I'm always, I like being busy. I like doing yeah. stuff. Like, even on days off, I will find stuff to do. Um, and I just don't think college life suited me. Some some people like go out on the absolute piss for the three years and they have a great time. But I didn't, I, I kind of, I did a little bit of that, but I didn't really enjoy it. Do there's you know only, what I mean? Yeah, there's only a certain amount of that you can do before it just gets to really, really come on. But it's I just not my yeah. personality type. Do you know that way? Yeah. I think some people, like I've been an L one since I was about 11 years old. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's the fact of the situation. And so I'd be like, oh, would you not get a cold now wearing a dress like that to my friends who were going to Wes? Like that's the kind of mindset <laughs> I've been in. And so it just, it didn't suit me. And so I stuck with it because I don't quit things. And that's not like, I'm not a quitter. It's just, I don't. And I think I'm, I'm, it's, I'm proud that I have a degree. Um, but I'm also proud the fact that I did it alongside my work in, in Newstock because I don't think I would have stuck with the making the tea and coffee if I hadn't yeah. had my degree. Like it's it's all kind of part of the same process. Do you know that way? It's, yeah. it's, it's all gotten me to where I am now. I don't regret going to UCD because as I said, it got me here. So it's all gravy. It's all yeah. good. Circle of life. It yeah. is. Um, so the whole tech core. Yeah. I don't know much about technology. Mm. other than I press a button on something and something happens and to me it's magic yeah so how how do you like get to a point where you're the go-to person in radio station for all that like again this is a random wee story but like when I worked in Moncrief I sat not far from where we're sitting now and behind me sat George Hook and one day he rolled across to me and said child talk about these video games (laughs) so he gave me three games (laughs) Uh, one of them was Peggle, one of them was Plants vs. Zombies, and the other one was Bejeweled. Peggle. Peggle was oh, class. I used to love Peggle. Peggle, I'll admit, Peggle was my toilet game. There you go. I don't think we know each other well enough for you to tell me that. But... Yeah, but, but the listeners, they, they've heard worse. <laughs> mm, lucky you guys. Um, so anyway, I spoke about those three games. Uh, I did it, and, and then the following day I came into the office, and I was so nervous because I'd never been on radio before. And this was my first time going on with George I'd talking about three games and I literally had every single word that I was going, I basically read out. And if you listen back to the tape, you can hear me going <laughs> off the mic because I was shaking so bad. And uh, I think it was awful. But I came in the next day and Sony had sent in a phone for me to review. And they were like, and you can keep it. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> and uh, so then I was like, okay, this is cool. So then I went on, George had me on again uh, to talk about the Sony phone and I loved doing it. And then I kind of realised, I've always been into technology like I remember again when I was in my teens I used to take computers apart and put them back together again and yeah. I built a Frankenstein computer so I took one of my laptops apart and took other bits of my, another laptop apart and you're, built you're saying this like everybody does it though Jess no yeah. they, they don't no I'm like a nerdzilla though like I am the monstrous nerd and it's outrageous but it, it kind of when George did that for me of, in having me on his show I realised 
this is something I'm really passionate about. And again, coming from that time in UCD when I was just floating around going, I don't know what I want from my life. And then I saw that I can talk about technology. And look, I'm not a tech expert. I'm mm. a tech fan. And that's why someone like you is my dream. Because if you're not technically minded, you're not going to sit there and say, actually, you big Egypt, this is it, not that. Like, I want to try and help encourage people in, into the world of technology and tell them yeah. about all the cool stuff it's doing. And if you don't know how something works, I'll go and find out. Like, I'll break something to fix it and then be able to tell you. And that's that's what I love doing. Do you know what I mean? And it's um, like, it's mad that this is my job. Deadly. Yeah. See, when you say that, like, <laughs> again, I know not, but mm. uh, that makes me a little bit jealous. I'm like, that actually does sound like it before. Yeah, it sounds like, class, yeah. Yeah, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to I'm thinking that. Toy Show for some reason. I don't know why. But like my life kind of like, and not to demean, like a lot of hard work goes into what I do. So I'm not saying I just sit there and play with phones all day, but a few days a week I kind of do. Uh, so <laughs> and, you, and they're all keepies. Uh, no, 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 oh. no. I have to, again, because I'm a bit of a strange human, I have this like weird karma thing of keeping the technology. So I'd keep like, so if I get a phone that I like, I will keep it for myself. But other than that, I either give it to friends and family or give it away on Twitter's competitions. I don't like... I have the, I, I just have this weird thing of you know taking more than yeah. you need or you deserve or whatever. Like a karma thing or something. Yeah, like I think so. Yeah, I just and again maybe I'm utterly bananas, but I just it's just the way I am and it's the way I've always been and um and it's not about kind of keeping all the technology. It's just about getting to play with it. Like I remember when my brother, like I'm very close to my brother in age, and we used to sit down with the Argos catalog going. <gasps> God, look at this iPod. It's so cool. And like, look at all the technology that we would love to buy if we had the money. Mm. And now I get it before it's in the shops. I get it before it's in the catalogs. I get to play with it. Yeah. I get to write about it. I get to talk about it. And it's pretty fucking cool. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's exactly what I want to be doing. But it's also, there's a sense of importance that comes with it because there is people like yourself who aren't into technology and it's about educating them. And especially in this era of, you know, data and big data and big brother watching and all this kind of stuff, there's, no there is a level of responsibility there yeah. to talk about it. Um, but, you yeah, know, like you won't find me giving out about my job, to be honest. I was um, telling <clears throat> a friend of ours that what we were doing this week, while we were talking to yourself mm. and your background and stuff. And he, he, Gary's quite random. Um, and he was like, Jay's that's mad. He was talking. He said, he said to me, it's mad. When I was, I think he said when he was like 16, mm. he was in a pub with his father and a man was just in the corner and the man, his father went off to the toilet or gone to get the drinks and this man just said to him randomly, said to Gary, 20 years time, that cigarette, uh, that box of cigarettes will be beside uh, a device that will hold your bank account your photo albums, just mm. kind of summon everything of what's happened now. Yeah, twenty years later, like it's mad. There's these that's people, mental, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's it, it's becoming easier now to kind of predict those kind of things. But it is true if you think back to all those years ago, like you would have had a separate device for like your phone would have been one thing, then you would yeah. have had your iPod. Like when I went to secondary school, I remember I had like this ugly big coat, but I had two big huge big pockets, and I liked it because I could fit my CDs in one side and then loads Just of spare batteries in the other. <laughs> Like, Spare I did. I literally like jingle jangled that, the whole yeah. way down school because I had like a twenty pack of AA batteries in, in my pocket. Uh, but now, obviously, all of it's just in in the phone, and I think we take that for granted a little bit. But um, it's it's yeah. pretty insane. Is it a good but thing or a bad thing? I love it. It's handy. Like yeah. it's even today. Convenient. 
it's convenient and like I think that's why like we're all working longer hours and we're doing more with our lives and so what anything that can make our lives easier like I'm all for it you know that way mm. like even this week now Android Pay lost, uh, launched in Ireland so you can now pay for stuff with your phone if you're an AIB or KBC customer didn't even know that Shit, like that's amazing yeah, no, that so how does that work so basically there's a chip in your phone so NFC is near field communication and uh, it's a little chip that's inside your phone basically on um, the majority of smartphones now and so you can place your phone over a card machine just like you would if you're paying contactless with your card and it comes out of your account that's incredible so you pair, so no pins are on no yeah. So if your phone gets stolen, it's all locked down. So basically, if your phone does get uh, get stolen, you can log into your Gmail account anywhere in the world and log it out of every single device. It's fully encrypted as well, so you're you're. It's not like your card number is like on the screen of your phone or anything like that. At no stage does Google hold your um your account details or does the robber of your phone. Do that's you know I mean? mental, isn't it? But that's See? where we're going, and like all this stuff is just. It's like it's so exciting, and what frustrates me is that people say, "Oh, I'm not into my technology at all." But I'm like, "Well, if you use an ATM card, or if you use a Leap card, or if you fly and you use a boarding pass, you're into it. You're into technology, <laughs> whether yeah. you like it or not. You are. So I just think it's all about educating people that it's not this big scary thing. I think we need to get smarter as to you know where our data is going and who has access to it, that kind of stuff, because that's the most valuable thing we have is all of our information and we're kind of giving it away as a free-for-all. So we need to be smart, but I think it's just brilliant. If we're adding all these stuff, all these things to devices, yeah. when are they getting better batteries for oh, these well, devices? Listen, this is like my number one issue in life, just battery power. Yeah, You see, it's, it's hard because it's all these like lithium-ion batteries and they can hold their power, but the manufacturers basically want phones to be as small and as light as possible. So they're cramming more and more in. And so obviously then they have to compromise on the size of the batteries. But also then phones, if they have million and one features or if they have a fancy pan screen, all of that drains the battery life. So they're talking about batteries. Like we now have fast charging. So you can charge your smartphone in like 15 minutes, gets you up to 70% or something yeah. like that. So we're getting towards we're getting towards where we need to be. But there are certain smartphones. There's a phone called the Huawei P9. That has the best battery life of any phone I've tested in, in years. Um, like I'd get a full day out of it and I'm a heavy user whereas it my, I'm using Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge at the moment and I kind of have it hooked up to the charger the whole time I'm at my desk like I had it hooked up there before we came in and I'm down to 75% already Jesus not ideal wow gives me anxiety as well because <laughs> you don't have your big pocket full of I batteries do, yeah well that's it that if I could carry around them. the batteries I would literally go around do you carry your own spare phone batteries oh I do yeah like, do you actually yeah so the, again, is that why you don't use an iPhone I have an iPhone in my bag. So I always have two <laughs> phones on me and then two backup chargers. Backup chargers? Yeah, so like little power banks. Oh, so oh I the power you banks. the actual plug-in. Oh, I was no, like, no, what, I'm in not case that much of a dope, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a keyring battery uh, power bank. Power bank. Mm. They're so handy, but you yeah. see, because, and this is the fancy part, pants part of my job, like I travel quite a bit. And so if I'm away somewhere and then I get a text from one of the shows going, oh, can you do a piece of pat in 10 minutes? And I'm like, oh, I have 3% battery. You can charge it up and then do your job yeah. and not get fired. So it's all good. <laughs> not get fired. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. Yeah. The, the whole thing, just to kind of rewind a little bit, that you mentioned the iPad and the fact that everything is now on the, our iPod even and the fact that now everything's on the phone mm. and all that. Like, I can still remember when the, the, like, the original, and I missed the original iPod. I had one like I, it the, was beautiful. The clicky wheel, and mm. not the one that the the buttons were on the wheel. I'm talking like you had the wheel, but then the buttons were above the wheel. Yeah, we had it. The four oh, buttons. Oh, I didn't have that one. Yeah, oh, I used to love it. That was the first one, wasn't it? Very first yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, 
and the screen was like green, which was black writing. Yeah, there was no were, color. Yeah. There was something amazing about it. I think it was just the fact that I didn't have to have like a disc man or a walk man. It was like Snake. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like looking at. Yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah, you're Nokia 3210 or something. And, um, and then obviously the iPhone comes along and that just changes. It changes everything. But you know what I loved about the iPod? And I remember being, I must have been in the back of my dad's car because I heard, it must have been Newstalk actually, talking about the emergence of, you know, the iPods and the popularity of them. And I was like, well, how did they get the music onto it? Like trying to understand the file aspect of music because obviously at that stage all I'd ever known was cassette tapes and CDs and I sound like an L one again. But (laughs) it's true, like trying to comprehend the whole, the the file aspect of it and how they did it and then looking at the artwork. I remember I had an iPod Touch and I loved looking at all the artwork Mm. on the screen. Yeah. And it was just fab because I rem- I, I kind of went from a creative zen, which was just like tiny little device and it didn't have any of the artwork or anything like that on it, to an iPod Touch. And I just thought I was fancy pants because I could suddenly see everything. I could play games and it like, it was just stunning. And now you've got the iPhone and I think it's kind of annoying me now the way music is going in, in technology. Like I hate the fact that we have Apple Music, Google Music, yeah. Tidal, Spotify. Yeah. I'm like, oh, off like just give me one that has everything because at the moment now what I'm end up doing like I don't know about you but I have three different subscriptions to three different music services really yeah why because I'm an idiot <laughs> but can you not get one from the other or is well it... like you can't well okay this is going to say a lot about me as a human being but like you can't get Beyonce on Spotify yeah. you can't get Lemonade like I've listened why not listen to Beyonce you've listened to Beyonce but you haven't listened to Lemonade yeah, because Beyonce, yeah. I would put Beyonce on when I'm in the shower, like, from my Spotify account. Yeah, no, but some of the older stuff, but Lemonade is definitely not on there, because I literally only signed back up for Apple Music there the other day, <clears throat> because I don't like Tidal, I don't want to give Tidal any money. I don't know why. Is that JC's one? Yeah. Yeah, that, I don't know why either. Their launch rubbed me up the wrong way. I think that's what it was, that whole... It was so smug. Yeah. What was their launch? They literally had all these famous people who were stakeholders in it, like Madonna, Jay-Z, Beyonce... Uh, Kanye was there Pharrell was there and they are like oh my god we're so much fun everyone and we're really yeah. rich pay us loads of money to get our music and I was like no and there's loads of different subscription options as well so you can pay like I think it's a tenner a month or whatever for the basic option but then if you want super HD that your ears can't even pick up the difference quality music yeah. you can pay 20 quid and I was like nah well, people are t- tend to be going back to record players now as well aren't they Final's yeah. huge Final yeah, yeah. It, is, it is huge but it's not practical for going about in your day to day. No, definitely not. But See, there's actually Sony are doing this thing. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a vinyl player that can record to MP3. Yeah. I haven't actually tested one yet, but they well, look pretty slick. Yeah, in my head, it works like the exact same way as the old CD to cassette jobby only, you know. But obviously with like newer, fancier technology. But in I just wonder head, about that's... the size file though, because it would have to be Whopper to pick up all the different aspects of it, surely. It's probably a fair point. Yeah. You should test it for Pat. I should test it for Pat. I'm actually doing a thing on Tom Dunn tonight about um, the best way to manage your music and all that malarkey. But uh, I, I should probably listen to that because I didn't even know I, I had Apple Music because in my head I had an iTunes account. And the reason that I had an iTunes account was because years ago, U2 done a U2 iPod. And you got oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and you got like bonus U2 It was stuff. red, wasn't it? It was yeah. red and black, red yeah. And, black. and I, I didn't buy the U2 iPod, but I did be a sucker and buy the U2 limited edition catalogue thingy that was exclusive to iTunes because it's like oh there's songs on that I've never even heard and I've listened to once and never listened to again <laughs> there was a reason nobody had heard them so since then obviously <laughs> I've had an iTunes thing yeah 
and now it's Apple Music and I didn't even notice it happened until it all, it all lives within the one little hub yeah, it's so weird but I it can't. is weird but again stuff like that the, like that means then in a new service called Apple Music has your information as well yeah like it's not a bananas it's a bit yeah it is yeah it's over the top bananas it's the data protection data protection thing that comes into yeah. technology then that just that's <clears> that blows my mind that, a bit. I only start thinking about that because I'm like right I've got Netflix that's a rabbit hole as well yeah. data protection and technology ah, listen man I've got Netflix I've got that UFC thing I've got that WWE thing mm. I've got a Sony account from my Playstation Apple and I'm like what other subscription things do well, I have well there's a site like? called DC me so D-E-S-E-A-T dot M-E right and if you go to that and log in with your email address it'll tell you all the sites that have your information no way you're serious and you can uns- unsubscribe no way! See, that is like a magic website. Yeah. Oh my god, that's unreal! I and know. I never would have known that if we didn't do. It blew my yes. tiny mind when I found it, and so I found out that there was forty-one sites that had my details, and of the forty-one, I only kept four. I get the feeling I'm gonna be in the. Oh time. my god! This is Check amazing. Let me know how you get on because so it's I, like I get weird. loads. I get like ten or twelve emails a day, and it's Shite. just all crap. Half yeah, my yeah, yeah, morning, yeah. half my morning is clearing out emails from fucking Groupon. Yeah, no, get get rid of them. Get rid of them. Also, there's another site called. Um, oh, is it like de- uh, my deal page? My deal stuff? page. Yeah. It's the so unsubscribe to all the Groupon. Rubbish. Yeah, probably should. I know about that. My deal page. It's basically like Groupon. Pigs back. Pig back. All, all in them, the one. All, all in the one. one. It's incredible. See, so, like one of my this is again because I'm a nerdy dorky dork, but like inbox management, <laughs> inbox management is one of my favorite topics of discussion. I'll have you know, because people just like if you if you work in front of a computer and you're email heavy or whatever, you need to take time to like manage it all. You know? I agree. Like, yeah. but people very rarely do it, and I bore people to death talking about it. And they're like, "Oh my god, please stop talking about it." I've handed out post-its with rules for inboxes. <laughs> To people in this office, I, I've just gone into my inbox just out of curiosity Go to on. see. And on my personal email, um, the I've just I've scrolled all the way to the bottom. Mm. 2013. I hear. I have emails from 2013. Oh my god! I don't mind you having, but are they like organized in folders so that you I don't have folders? God no. In no. my um, personal account, yeah, I do. My, I do yeah, my work in my work email. Yeah, but like one of those. Folders, Deep breaths. Yeah, no, I'm actually having my anxiety rash here coming back. To one that. of the, one of those folders is stuff and things, right. and the things that I don't know stuff about goes in there. Honestly, <laughs> well, this so. is not a matter now. Let's just end this here now so I can help you. Okay. Uh, but no, like it's a serious, but again, it's a serious thing and it's all this kind of stuff that, like it can overwhelm you. If you look at your inbox, like I remember coming back from holidays and you come back to 2000 emails. Oh, and, Jesus. But I, I interviewed um, the, I can't remember his title, but some guy who's high up in Samsung in UK and Ireland and I was telling him that like I'm just back from holidays and God, look at all my emails and he was like, do you know what you do? Just delete them all because if it's urgent, you get a phone call. And that's true. Mm. Like that's genius. But email is like it's very convenient and all the rest. But like if you're gonna back like look back at emails that were sent two weeks ago that you haven't read yet, like if you're still employed, your bills still got paid <laughs> and nobody's died, sure look you're laughing. Like that quality is important. I'm gonna try that tactic and I guarantee you my boss won't respond favorably to it. But I will try next time I'm on annual leave, I'm just gonna come back in, hold delete. my finger on delete. Just delete them. And in a van said I'll just be like I was on holiday, wasn't I? No, well, it, it, it's happened to me going back to work and I've deleted them all. Hmm. And um, No, I've gone through them all, sorry, yeah. uh, to prove your point. I've gone through them all and I think I replied to two out of, on a two-week holiday I might have got about six, seven hundred emails. Yeah. And yeah. I've replied to two. It's just silly. like, but again, that, it, that wasn't urgent. Yeah. 
But I've been also that soldier who's been on holidays and answered work emails. No. Again, this is only a lesson that I learned this year. Like up until that point, I was panicking that, oh my God, what if the radio station stops broadcasting because I'm not here to research a brief that nobody will read. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you get so in your head and that's why I think there's like a double-edged sword of technology this year because I changed jobs and like I I went from working on the Pat Kenny show, my last day on the Pat Kenny show was the day after the general election. So I had like worked an intense weekend doing the election stuff. Then I came in, started my job and I didn't stop until I went on holiday in June and I remember just being on, on holiday and going, my brain is so fried. So I just switched off completely. I didn't go near my phone for 12 days and it was amazing. And the radio station is still standing. The website's still publishing stuff and, you know, the, the world keeps turning and you just kind of need to get out of your head a little bit. Yeah. You go near your phone for 12 days. Uh, I was on my phone, like I was on WhatsApp and whatever, but I didn't go on social media or my email. See, I if I'm out of work, like, I know it's slightly different for you because mm. your social media involves work on one thing and the other. But for me, like if, if my job tried to ring me, even after hours, I'd be like, nope. Yeah, no. Nope. My job never does it because I don't. I don't even give them like like the four people that I work with have my mobile number in an office of six hundred people where I work. Just that you work there, you know. I think it's four forty. Four forty. Be precise. Okay. Yeah. I'm not good at judging crowds. Yeah. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm like, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot but, of people. Uh, I think it's like four or five people that have my mobile number because I just don't put it on forms. I'm like, there's no reason to have it. If they want me to have a mobile, they give me a work phone. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, right, so, technology now, obviously it's magic and amazing and everything that happens, happens. But the big thing I'm hearing about now is virtual reality. Yeah. Now, I had a little go of one of the virtual reality ones and because I know nothing about technology, I don't even know what it was called. Were you hooked up to something or was it just on your head? It was a thing that was on my head, but I had handheld thingy-majiggies. Or who do you want it? That was probably either the HTC Vive or else the PlayStation VR. I think it was a HTC. There you go, HTC Vive. Because I got to climb Mount Everest. Oh, good man yourself. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. It was mental. Yeah. Did you get jelly legs? I did. Mm. And like, because, and I think I told jelly you. Jelly legs? Yeah, I think I told you about this before. The most disorientating experience. The virtual reality stuff? Yeah. yeah. Because, like, literally, I was doing that, and then I took the heads off. I was like, no, nope, still in the bedroom. Okay. Just check <laughs> it. So like, because everything around you, like, your senses, like, my little silly brain didn't know what was going on. As far as I was concerned, like, oh, that is a giant Serac, and it is coming right at me. I'm in the ice fall on the biggest mountain in the world. Nope. Tom's yeah. bedroom. <laughs> the headset back on. Like, it, was just... it is the weirdest experience of all time. It's insane. And like, I think the reason for that, somebody told me not so long ago that apparently it's because when you put a, a VR headset on, you can't see your nose and your eyes actually use your nose as kind of like a balance point. So you actually lose your balance and that's how you become so disorientated. There you go, no. back fans. Hmm. I've seen clips online of people uh, on roller coasters and the virtual realities. The first yeah. thing I ever did was Hilarious. on an Oculus and they it was in one of the studios down here and they, we, I put it on and I thought we were on the roller coaster. I was like, oh, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine. And then it dropped and like you feel your tummy go because your body reacts as if you're on a roller coaster. Yeah. But you're standing in the office where you were five seconds ago. Do you know that way? It's, it's, it's a weird thing and I ended up having to take it off and walk the block a few times because I felt so ill. I was so nauseous. It was just insane. But that was a few years ago. Now we're in the era of it kind of entering into the consumer space. So yeah. a few weeks ago I was on Off the Ball with Jer and JP and we were walking around um, a golf course because it was 
some golf tournament that I should know, but I don't. Uh, but the lads had it on and they were walking around, you know, the 18th hole and they could see where the green was and they could see and they could see one of the players swinging and taking the shot. And you could look up, down, left, right around you and you're there. Yeah. And it's incredible. And then recently, about two weeks ago, I was doing a thing where I um, Samsung basically unveiled that they'd been working with Royal College of Surgeons Ireland to create uh, training for doctors. So doctors now are uh, putting on VR headsets and they can learn how to operate. They can learn how to react in um, in emergency rooms. Like, it's incredible. What the hell? Yeah. That is, that's, I don't know if I trust a doctor. I only do virtual reality stuff, if I'm being honest. I think what they're doing now is it's kind of, because there's all these new pieces of technology that are entering into the um, into the operating theatre in general. Like, there's a robot called the Da Vinci. And this is now performing surgery. So, for example, again, this is another... Performance surgery? Yeah. So, a doctor can be in New York and operate on a patient in Europe. No, that my head can't be uh, that. No way. <laughs> and what, like, not serious operations, though? Oh, yeah. Like, like for prostate cancer and stuff like that, that's what's being... It's being used. It's happening here in Ireland right now. But, like, you hear stories about, like, doctors who are in the room and they do the wrong leg. Yeah. That happened to me. Did it? Yeah, years ago oh they were stra- they were straightening my um, ankles when I was about six. Oh wow! And I came out of the operating theater expecting a cast on my left ankle. It was on my right. Yeah. The doctor apologized. Oh my gosh, that's apologized. outrageous! Huh? You just apologized. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Pudge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> out you go. Like. Yeah. Now we'll do the other one next week. When I was getting surgery, my knee, they painted my legs so they knew which one it was. I was like, that does not fill me with confidence. No way. This virtual reality thing is. I can't deal with it, man. My brain can't process all that crack. But it's brilliant, though. No, it's amazing. It's absolutely astonishing that someone in New York can operate on someone in Dublin. And and it's happening. Like, it's happening in Limerick. It's happening happening around the country, and it has been for a wee while as well. Uh, And it's just, I suppose, about... Again, that's why I love my job, because I can educate people about that, because people don't know what's happening. So what happens is people get in touch with me saying, we've just got this new robot into the hospital. Will you come down and have a look? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like obviously of course I will but of course That's, so yeah, yeah. If, like if somebody was willing to give me a demonstration so long as it wasn't on me yeah then I'd be like yeah of course I'm gonna watch yeah. definitely gonna watch like but I'm not like I'm not gonna oh, volunteer to have it done do you, do you want a mole removed nope no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good thanks yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd do it uh, would you yeah no mm. I'd do it. I suppose, like, look, they wouldn't do it if it wasn't completely safe. But that's kind of the point that I was trying to make. That's where technology is going. So it's gone from this weird stuff of being on a roller coaster when you're still in the room to the point where it could save someone's life. So if there's a specialist that only works in New York and they could save a person's life in Lisbon, yeah, that's work crazy. away and do it. Like, absolutely yeah. work away and do it. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more of this stuff. And even from a consumer's point of view, it's class. Like, I don't know if you've kind of had a go of it yet, but Paul McCartney did um, some VR uh, stuff from one of his gigs. Oh. So you can put a VR unit on, put headphones in, and suddenly you're standing in the middle of a crowd at a McCartney gig, which is just incredible. So you've got people, like you feel like people are pushing up against you because that's what your eyes are telling you. No, that would freak me out now. Oh, it's, it's that weird. Would, if I Because I don't do, I don't knock over crowds. I don't like crowds. Yeah, but you're not actually in a crowd. You're but sitting in I, your own gaff. It's yeah, grand. But if I felt like people were pushing up yeah, against me, like, like it. then I'd be like, okay, you need to back. There's nobody there. Why am I even saying this? Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. I would yeah. be. Imagine you're in your sitting room and you have you have this thing on your eyes and you're giving it socks and then someone's just. Someone walks walking in. <laughs> <laughs> walks in, hours walking, why? 
What the fuck is Jess <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I've got a story about that as well. So I was reviewing the PlayStation VR a few weeks ago and there's a really good Batman game. I can't remember what it's called, but I was Batman basically in Dublin 18 and it was class. Love it. But like, it's it's so immersive and you look down and like that you've got two things in your hands. So I could look down, I could press a button, I could take something off the bat belt and I could throw it and like it's just... It's transforming things as we know because I was kind of sceptical about VR at the beginning. Like, do you remember when 3D was the next big thing? So there was 3D TVs yeah, yeah, and nah, all this nah. shit. It never went again. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't go anywhere because it wasn't thought out well enough. So I was kind of sceptical about virtual reality. But what I love about virtual reality now is that they've made it affordable. So mm. like I there's a VR set called the Eye Candy VR goggles, 3D goggles, and you can buy them from Carphone Warehouse for 30 quid. Like that's affordable. Anyone can kind of but, like save up and get that, and that's their first step into virtual reality. See, that's that, but that's what I, I was gonna get to is because you see all these kind of cheaper ones in that now. And even I was looking the other day and I seen ones that are. I think the PlayStation's about the PlayStation VR is about four hundred quid. Four hundred quid, and you have to buy a few add-ons on top of that then as well. So it's a little bit expensive. Jeez, yeah, and then you have these smaller ones, but like from because looking at them, it looks like they just sort of go onto your head. But it's basically just your phone is clipped in. Yeah. So what happens is you download specific apps, right? So you download certain VR apps and what happens is your phone screen then gets split in two, so one for each eye. And then it's the lenses. So it's actually very basic science that makes things... Uh, that that allows us to have this this uh, kind of experience. So it's kind of like basically thick glasses on, uh, and it's just the way that the the technology or the video is shot. So as an end user, you don't actually need that much fancy pants technology. You just need to put what looks like ski goggles on your head and headphones in, and then sure you're anywhere in the world. It's like it's mind blowingly amazing. What's the story with play- PlayStation doing it? What do you mean? Like. It- is it only for games? Can you play FIFA and you think you're the footballer? No. So the way it works with FIFA is you. it's actually great for someone if you live with a big gamer like I do. Oh. So uh, if he's playing FIFA, he puts the headset on and I can still watch stuff on the TV because then he's playing it in the goggles. So he's not the player. Ah, that actually is quite cool. But you kind of have like your own personal viewing So you're system. still using the controller, but... Yeah. Because I thought you were going to say, oh, no, it's a bit shit. You're just, you're just a ref. No, no, no. <laughs> you're just a ref. Class. That that would be a bit shit. But no, like this is, it's it's incredible. And it's there's certain games where you're the person. So there's like shooty, shooty games. I think that's the correct term. Uh, where you're going around doing term, shooty, yeah. shooty. Um, and you're the person doing the shooting. And then there's other games where they're just like normal games. But you're kind of more immersed. So... Like it's, I can see this being the next big thing. Um, the only thing that people need to be careful of is the nausea element. Like I still can't do VR for more than fifteen minutes without feeling ill. And how did your um, friend deal with? Did he get nausea after FIFA? No, like he actually found it okay. Now maybe I'm because I get a bit kind of carsick anyway. So right. I just I I don't know if that's just something within me. But no, he found it fine, and he actually didn't feel great after using one of the other VR units so PlayStation VR is actually probably one of the better ones because again you've got that more you've got more space you can actually see the end of your nose so you have that balancing thing Um, I'm just I don't know just a delicate little flower not built for it that's all that is (laughs) I'm too important in the actual reality I can't be dealing with virtual reality (laughs) I think uh, that VR thing is mad why didn't 3D work because they tried to wasn't it in the 90s that came out first 
Well, just the red and blue stuff. The red little cardboard glass with the red and blue. No, no, I mean like 3D <laughs> movies and television and stuff like oh, that. Oh, all right. Like there was 3D <laughs> movies. Not the, no, the pop-up cards. Little, little the thing cardboard. that came with Ke- Kellogg's cornflakes yeah, or whatever. and like one that. was red no. and one was blue. And it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like a hologram, 3D hologram. Uh, I don't know why it didn't work. I think one of the big things... Because Sky, same. Sky had a channel and all. Yeah, but again, like it's the same with um, the Google Glass thing. It was just so expensive. Like if you wanted yeah. to go... I remember LG sent in a 3D phone one day for review and I think it cost... 3D phones? Yeah, no, they, they, yeah. They, they didn't last long but I'm pretty sure it was like the same price as my entire month's rent. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not into that. Um, and like that, you kind of, you had to kind of cock your head a certain way and squint a little bit for it to be 3D and I remember again, Sony sent in a laptop for review and you had to wear glasses to, to wear, to, to get the 3D effect. Same with the TVs. Like Harvey Norman did yeah. this big hoo-ha a few month, few years ago now about 3D TVs. I remember that, yeah. And they looked amazing and they looked class, but they were ridiculously expensive and you had to wear glasses. And you just, if you come home from a late night's work or whatever and you just want to plonk down on the couch, you don't have to go finding your 3D glasses. Yeah. And then, like, it's just, it's it's not, it's not consumer friendly. Do you know that way? I think VR is just literally pop it on and there you go. Um, whereas the, the 3D TVs, there wasn't enough content to warrant it, and then it was just massively expensive. Why is the technology so expensive for 3D? I think because they have to use particular particular cameras. Did you ever watch um, Jackass 3D or Jackass yeah, whatever yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah. I remember watching a documentary about the making of that, and they had to buy these ridiculously expensive cameras to be able to shoot the different elements in 3D. So I think from a cost point of view, it was just whopper, and like it was grand when the films were going to the cinema. But obviously releasing a 3D DV, uh, DVD, yeah. if you don't have the 3D TV, you're not going to get the full experience. Mm. You're not going to be fully immersed, that kind of stuff. So I just think from a pure economical point of view, it just didn't make sense. Is 3D almost in like this kind of, you know, right, you always see the, the kind of the technology that comes along. But it's actually quite good, but it's just it's in that middle phase where they're so close to something else that's brilliant that it almost gets bypassed. That's like, what Google Glass was. Yeah, like Betamax or like Mini Google Disc Glass? or like yeah, Google, Google Glasses, Glass? yeah. Oh, like oh the Google Glasses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, like but did you see Snapchat now have Snapchat spectacles? Which oh. is what Google Glass should have been. So I completely agree with you. What happens is technology like it's an amazing thing. It's cur- like it's always evolving. But what happens is sometimes companies get so excited about this cool thing they've invented, they push it out before it's completely ready for the market. So before it's completely polished or before it's completely affordable. But what Snapchat have done now is they've made a pair of sunglasses that look like a pair of Ray-Bans, but they're $120 and in them is a camera. So you can now record there snaps. You go. Yeah. Uh, on the go and they upload straight to your Snapchat and then people can see what you're seeing so if I was wearing them now people would see me looking at you they're looking at you and they're looking at the oh light. that must be I follow this this person in, um, on Snapchat and on Twitter Ali Spagnola I think she's called and she was Snapchatting from her glasses yeah, and I was that's like it. that's it I was like what and that's obviously what that because I never bothered listening to find out what why it was why did you yeah. want that though do you like Snapchat? Oh no, I hate Snapchat, but I think as a concept, if I could shoot video, like if you think about it, like people are listening to your podcast now, but if they could see what you're seeing, see the state of me and the fact that I haven't brushed my hair in like three days or whatever, <laughs> like lucky them. But I just think from a content, you guys are content creators and I think yeah. anything that can help content creators get, and I hate the word content, but anyway, get more authentic stuff out there like if you think of like vloggers and bloggers and that whole industry it's massive yeah, yeah. and you know we see that you know video is going to be more and more popular facebook live is huge it's transforming how like entertainment is consumed facebook live is an um 
it's not in breach of any piracy. What do you mean? Because, like, if there was a fight on, whether it's boxing or UFC or whatever mm. at the weekend, and someone hasn't got the station, there's a lot of people now that are just Facebook and live their telev- television television ah, yeah, screen. That, that's like that's piracy. That's yeah. kind of that stuff is. It's the that old can't thing. be. But that's I don't think that's down to the technology as much as it's down to the user. No, like, no, every, it's not down yeah, to technology. Every, yeah. Everybody will always find. I mean, like the internet. The internet's amazing, but I mean, like there's a lot of dodgy there's shit. A lot of dodgy yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. But can the, the Facebook live technology obviously can't block any of that it's stuff? I'd out, say like. they're going to track it down. Like we've we've mm. heard a lot in the last little while of Facebook's like clamping down on different things, and so. Like, I'd say if people report it and whatever like that, then it will get shut down because they're quite quick to shut stuff down. But I, I think the biggest issue that we're, like, our generation is going to hear about is police and the internet. So whether it is stuff like that or if it's big cyber security, cyber attacks, yeah. that kind of stuff, policing the internet as a whole is going to be a complete nightmare yeah. um, because nobody knows how to do it, really. Yeah, I don't think, well, maybe one day they will, but at the moment I don't think there's any way of, like, even look at the the lads from Top Gear that the Grand Tour whatever it's called like Amazon pumping millions to get them and yet people are just downloading it for free yeah. on BitTorrent and all that because they're like I'm not paying Amazon Prime for one show get out of it like mm. yeah. there's no way they can actually please like, I remember I was in a course in one of my jobs and it was about uh, the the dark internet so it's called yeah yeah the dark web yeah. that's oh. another kind of total yeah. rabbit hole I went in there looking for a spice bag once. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? Can't say. <laughs> it was mental though. It was on like we were t- we were showing um, where you can buy like these army tanks and dr- loads of drugs, and it was just crazy. Yeah. Like it can that technology not be policed? No, oh. because no. it's like catching smoke. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the people. See what frustrates me, and again, I could be wrong, but. We the people who are making policy and implementing things in countries like Ireland are people of a certain age with certain experiences and certain lacking like they, they, they out lacking. of depth a bit. Yeah, and so like the, like we've we, we've seen a number of you know cyberbullying bills and uh, revenge porn bills being proposed, but they haven't gone anywhere yet. And I think a big reason for that is because not enough people who would be voting on these things fully understand them. And so you get people, you know, like people, politicians asking for the Wi-Fi code instead of the Wi-Fi code and that kind of stuff. <laughs> My auntie asked for the white fly code. White fly. What, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? You, you, you hear all these things. And so it frustrates me. And I just think we're not going to get it to a stage where we can police the internet until we have, and here's another annoying term, digital natives involved in that so people who are who've grown up with the internet and who know how to bypass things and who know how to like what a VPN is and all this kind of stuff when you have those kind of people influencing the big decisions and developing policy and all that kind of stuff then you stand a better chance but I think as it stands you know like it just it frustrates me a lot because we do need some form of policing on the internet like we need better cyberbullying like we need some form something to protect people from cyberbullying in the last few weeks alone, like I posted a thing on Twitter during the week, there's been so much hate online. Yeah. And it's it's disgusting. Like it, it actually, I don't want to say it upsets me, because, but like it frustrates the hell out of me because mm. they get away with it. Yeah. 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 Big time. And like I, I get like all kinds <clears throat> of shit sent to me. And I there was one person during the week that really got to me and I reported it to Twitter like so I, I followed the procedures for reporting abuse because it was like consistent and it was 
not right. Yeah. And then I got an email back going, this doesn't actually qualify as abuse. Oh my God. And I was kind of like, okay, I can understand because it's probably a bot who got back to me saying doesn't qualify as abuse. And I'm like, grand. But I'm a human being. And if something pisses me off and if, if it annoys me and upsets me, that's abuse. Yeah. And if it's consistent, that's abuse. And so I just think we need to be smart about how these things are policed but we also need to educate people on how not to take things to heart like I've been doing the radio thing for a a while now and it's still tough to develop a thick skin so stuff doesn't get to you and it's not even stuff like you know I used to get stuff that was like oh you sound like an annoying 15 year old girl whereas now the stuff that I get Graham gets that all the time well to be fair you kind (laughs) of do but uh but I feel like it's gotten nastier now. Like before, it was just stupid. Whereas now, yeah. it's just nasty. There's actually an. But do you ever think like, like? Yeah. Do you, do you ever just say, "Oh my God, what are you doing with your life?" Yeah, no, I do. And like the biggest learning curve that I had in that front was a few years ago. I was when I started doing tech with George. There was these two lads who would troll me every single time I really? went online. Like, and they were really mean. They started a boards forum about me and all this <gasps> kind of stuff. Yeah, it was why horrible. Would you, like, I don't get why people put that energy into but it. But you know what, though? One day I clicked onto one of their profiles and I saw that one of the guys has a daughter who's a few years younger than me. And I just thought, like, that's somebody's dad doing that. Jesus like, Christ. And, and when you humanise it, it actually becomes a very tragic situation because you just think the reason this person is doing that is it's, it's jealousy or spite or just they're not a nice human yeah. being. And so I can't take that on board. But at the same time, if you're having a shitty day and you go online and you see someone calling you a name or see someone slagging off your work or someone telling you that you're no good it's very hard to kind of just go oh, whatever yeah. like it's very hard not to, to let those things grate on you and like even though I've been doing this a long time you know if I do something on air that gets a great reaction I'll only see the one comment that's saying that I'm a gobshite yeah. and it's it's a, it's, it's, it's a flaw in the human nature but it's, it's the way it is and so I think what we need to do is just report them and try and stamp it out and don't tolerate and block them yeah. because it's the only way that they're going to knock at oxygen would you did, go looking for it or did you just come across this stuff oh no it's stuff that got sent to me oh my god like I get like it's just awful now, the thing is I'm not saying oh well it was me like I, I like I completely accept that there's people who won't like what I do and I love when someone tells me that I'm wrong because then I can learn and I'm like okay mm. cool thanks very much and I'll never say like if I'm on air and someone texts in saying what's the answer to this I'll say I don't know but I'll look out after the show I'll never try to kind of bullshit someone and it's not about people saying that I'm wrong or they disagree with me. It's about people making personal attacks because they disagree. And yeah. that's not something that I'm okay with anymore. And I'm kind of, I'm getting more confident and saying, do you know what? Fuck off. Basically, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's just, it's not okay. And I'm so fed up looking at people getting away with it. Constructive criticism is one thing. That's, that's perfectly fine. But when it comes to kind of people who just decide like Personal oh no I, I don't agree with that so I'm going to just throw abuse at somebody that's you know um, do, do you think and I don't I'm not I'm not usually want to bring up the whole gender thing but do you mm. think part of it as well is that it's it's the female card and that especially because I just I picked up in the fact that you said it was two lads yeah with that as well do you think maybe that plays a part in it because I know I sometimes I think it does yeah like it does but I mean you know like I think the stuff a lot of the stuff that I get would come from men and it's because mm. like I think sometimes men feel 
that they know more than me when it comes to technology and not all men because like you said like you're you're not a, a technical having to breeze yeah so like it's not all men I would hate to generalise going all men attack female journalists that's not, that's not what it is I think there's certain men who think that why is she on air talking about this I know more hmm. and that's the kind of stuff that I get um, and but then again like women attack women all the time as well do you know that way and women attack men like I, I've I've kind of had it from all circles I do think that um, like a lot of the stuff that I get, the majority of the stuff that I get would be from men. Um, but that being said, like the, the 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 men that I work with are incredible. Like I mentioned, Joe Donnelly earlier on, who's an incredible mentor. Jerry Gilroy is amazing as well. Like he's been so supportive to me. And you kind of when you have people like that around you, you realize okay, like I've gotten maybe like five tweets from one guy, but he's the minority because yeah. the odds of the, the other men that are around me kind of out, outweigh him do you know what I mean if that mm. makes sense so you kind of just have to keep doing the ratios in your head and realise this is one person not all the men in the world so I think you can kind of fall victim to it a little bit and go oh god what was me or you can just kind of get on with it but I don't think you should have to get on with it in silence I think you should you know point people out uh, as being bullying dickheads and then block them absolutely because yeah. if you tolerate it they're just going to keep on doing it to you and everyone else around you definitely it's one of the things and, and I know we've, we've talked about it kind of in snippets before without actually going into detail but I don't understand people who go onto Twitter or online and literally seek out somebody to just throw abuse at them just yeah. because they don't like or they disagree with something I, I, I don't understand it but anyway just we're running out of time at you so before we go though I've seen it's something that you've been doing on Instagram and I like it. The one day thing. Yeah. Tell this, us about that. Cause this was something that started a few years ago and uh, basically I, I love social media and I'm on it quite a bit but I kind of found I was only using Instagram to kind of show off. I was like, oh, I'm in New York, everybody. Woo. That's all Instagram is for, though, when taking pictures of food that's delicious looking. But it's not. So basically, I kind of, <laughs> I caught myself doing this stuff and I was like, no, hang on a second. Go back to, like, what it's all about. Like, go back to your day-to-day and the mundane and, like, the coffee that's sitting on your desk for six hours but you still drink it because you need the caffeine, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so three years ago, I started the hashtag one day and just ask people to document the normal bits of their lives. So whether it is kind of walking through a puddle to get to the bus on time, all that kind of stuff. And it did really well and we did it again last year and it was great. And then this year we did hashtag one Irish day. So we threw the Irish in because hashtag one day was kind of cluttered with other stuff. So we did one Irish day and it was just incredible. I actually got a little bit emotional looking at the post because people, there's people online that I would know their avatars and I would know their handles because I talk to them every day. And they're kind of, they're part of my life, but I wouldn't recognise them if I walked by them on the street. Do you know that way? And seeing insights into their day, seeing what they do for a living, seeing their families, seeing how they get around the like the country and whatever, like it was just incredible. And it, it kind of showed to me that social media is like that's kind of what social media is about to me. It's it's sharing and it's kind of realizing that there's a community of people. It also humanizes people as well. So it takes away. You can kind of get very um, down on social media, thinking God, it's just trolls and it's just nasty people or it's just journalists. That's not the case. And one Irish day proved that it was kind of everyone you can think of like there was one woman who just sent like hourly updates of her chickens and I was like this is sensational like this is exactly what I want to see and then there was other people who were trying to feed their kids there was other people like me in the office and uh, I loved it like it was it was just lovely there's there's a thing you said there about um, seeing people but not ever meeting them yeah. and you're talking to them every day I still can't really get used to that 
it's weird. Yeah. yeah, I can't get used to people commenting on something I may have posted. Yeah. But never seen them. I've rarely, oh, see, seen fair play to your rebel so and so. And then I'm like, oh no, Cheryl, you would have seen it on Facebook. Do you or, know what the yeah. weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in that regard was I was in um, Smithfield, I think it was. I was at a pub and I was standing outside and I was talking about something. And some lad turned around and goes, Are you that one from Newstock, are you? And I was like, Yeah, I am. He's like, I've got a Casio calculator and he's fixing Will he fix it for me. And I was like, Oh my God. Give me it. <laughs> but I was I'll then, fix it. I was then trying to think of all the stuff that I had said. Oh, I, like, was I bitching about work? What was yeah. I doing? Because yeah. you kind of forget that people will recognize your voice and like that doesn't happen very often. But I was like, Oh God, it's just the weirdest thing when people weird. know you. And like, if I do meet people, they'll be like, Oh God, you know, how's your niece? Because I post about my niece on social media or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I have a niece. That's kind of strange, but it's also brilliant. And it, it kind of it is it weird to ask the question though. No, if you don't know them. No, I no. love it. I absolutely love it. And the thing is, like, I'm an awkward soul in general. So if somebody else can kind of just human, like, personalize our conversation a little bit, because I'm, I, I, I'm just not able for that. I just kind of stand there fidgeting with my hands. Do you know that way? So if somebody else can start a conversation, I'm in. I'm there. I'm good. Uh, so no, I don't think so. And the thing is, if you're putting it out there, like, if I post stuff on social media then it's my responsibility. So if someone wants to ask me about it, then absolutely work away. I'm open to it. Uh, but I love that it kind of makes the world just feel a little bit smaller. Because yeah. it, it goes back to the, where the conversation began, which was, you know, I went to a small secondary school. I loved knowing everyone's name and where everyone was. Has changed. In that was Jerry Adams, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, thought, thought you looked happy where? there, Graham. <laughs> so the, 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 if you're wondering that was we are recording and I think Jerry Adams is being played out in the studio next to us uh, so that's what that was so we just had Jerry hijack our bro- that's the wrong thing to say with I'll edit that he out. contributed <laughs> he can do you spot the person's done libel training yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah do you know when something comes out and you're like no no take a, get back in my face that always no. happens to you Dan yeah, oh no I'm terrible. the queen wor- word vomiter yeah. I word vomit so bad all the time and that's the scary thing about working in radio as well, because you're always afraid of dropping an F bomb on air. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Thanks, There's still it. time. <laughs> Ed, so Jerry Adams contributed. Pat Kenny with Owen O'Brien the other day was excellent. Oh yeah. I did. Did you hear it? No, did, you, I, did you even hear about it? No, no. Oh, I, it was I hilarious. Had a bit of a row. My head has been in the sand for the last couple of days. So. Owen O'Brien had a bit of a cheap shot to Pat Kenny. Oh. And Pat was like, cheap shot. Cheap shot, <laughs> cheap shot. He said it three or four times. It was brilliant. I, I think Pat Kenny deals with that sort of stuff very, very well, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like some of the stuff that, he, he, like when he was on, what was the, the, the show we had? Frontline. 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 Some of the things he dealt with there, I thought were brilliant the way he put them back. In that when place, like. did, do you remember your man? Oh, that was when he was on the Late Late Show. Your man uh, invaded. He started, he ah, went that, up. That's an awful situation for anybody to be oh, in. But he handled it excellently. But Pat's such a pro though and again, like he's he's kind of lived so many lives that he knows there's no situation that would throw him. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he's dealt with it and you know, he'd be the first person to say that he's learned over the years of how how the right way to deal with things and how the wrong way to deal with things is. But what I love is that he's kind of he's happy to impart that wisdom on, on people like us who are still learning. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's invaluable. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's incredible yeah. to have someone like him walking the floor. And that's what I love about News Talk is that we have these big personalities and incredible. Like we've got, if you think about it, like we've got George and you've got Pat and you've got Jer and you've got Sean all just kind of walking the floor. And uh, so it's it's kind of, it's a fun 
weird, wonderful place to I'd be. I'd say it's really I'd say weird. It is, yeah, I'd say it's amazing as well. You're like, what are you doing? Oh, you wouldn't believe half the stuff that goes on this floor. Well, <laughs> the thing you said about uh, the, the about George saying child. child. <laughs> yeah, I think he introduced me on air as child because I don't think he knew my name at that stage. <laughs> Doesn't sound and like George. What's What's brilliant though is that only George could get away with that. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the kind of thing that like people just start ask ah, George Hook, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Jess, um, you can feel free because uh, Pat lives close to our podcast, so you can put in a good word and tell him he can educate us. <laughs> he would love to come on and have a chat. See, I'll make that happen, don't see, you? Look, <laughs> see, this is why he gets all the he's media, media stuff. Yeah, he's a media whore, yeah, yeah, Nice work, Rocco. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Graham Gladhand Merrigan. That's a lot to start calling. <laughs> Jess, um, thanks very much for bringing us out here. Thanks this for facilitating great. us. I've loved this. Lovely and, lady. Thank you very um, much. I've enjoyed not having to do the levels for once. So that's I really actually, do you know how lazy I am at my job? I didn't even look at the levels. I'm just, it sounds Amazing. okay in my ear, so it's Brilliant. fine. Yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> I didn't have an earpiece for the change of studio. Yeah. It's okay. Um, if people aren't following you on the social media mm. already, where can they get you? You can get me at Jess Kelly NT on Twitter and Jessica C. Kelly on Instagram. And don't forget to check out that one Irish day hashtag. It's deadly. What's the best future technology affair that's coming down the road? Ah, uh, here, don't do that to me now. Just what did she say about being put on the spot earlier? She's, come on, girl. Oh, anxiety. <laughs> I've got an inhaler, quick, quick. I can't cope. <laughs> I had to ask. You've ruined my day. That's it. I think holograms look cool. Never Tupac played a gig there. They're nonsensical. Not, ooh. Don't, don't, don't get me started. Now, this, okay, did we not just talk right, about nonsensical okay. technology? Yeah, we did, and we just we ended okay. the show. We did, yeah, we've actually just And then I just up. always, do, I always do that. I always ask yeah, questions no. at the end. Sorry. That's just way it's it not goes. getting answered, so thanks, Jess. You're welcome. Anyway, yeah. I just like walk out in a strop. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Anxiety. I said good day, good sir. <laughs> Stress rash. Yeah, that's it. that's it. Jess, thanks very much. Thanks so thanks much, so Jess. Thanks so much for having me. Man, I really enjoyed that. The unsubscription thing is a... It's an absolute dinger. It's a it's a game changer. Absolute dinger. I, I didn't... I forgot what she said, so can you uh, remember I, later? Yeah, yeah, I will indeed, and I'll, I'll text it on to you. Um... But make sure you folly. That's the right word, isn't it? Folly Jess Kelly. Yeah, make sure you folly her. Shocking the abuse she's getting, man. That's crazy. That, But that's the bad side of social media, man. I know we touched on that stuff before, like, but there's somebody a first-hand experience of it who um, has, you know, a kind of a media profile. And they're idiots. People who do it are absolute idiots. If you're one of them people who's doing that, why are you doing it? Why? What, what are you getting out of it? I think some people do it. Like, I'd say, I'd say some... If you, if you were about to say banter. No, no, I don't like the word banter. Okay, sorry. Uh, I think people do it to take the piss. Um, but they're not, though. It's no, awful. no, no, no. The example, like, you do see, you do see football fans particularly tweeting players and telling them they're crap and you should, you're robbing a living and yeah. stuff like that. I think that's just taking the piss and they don't they're like oh look I'm after texting I don't know I'm after tweeting Fellaini or something like that yeah uh, he's he's not worth that and um, I'm sure he's not going to look at it but Jess is getting very the the tweets and the messages and the correspondence she's getting is quite very abusive and personal and it's well, like get over yourselves like I'd, I see the point you're making maybe and that like maybe like Marwan Fellaini for example just because you said his name yeah yeah isn't going to maybe see the stuff because he's, he's a million followers he's or... an English Premier League footballer with millions of sets of eyes on him and you know 
Jess is a broadcaster in Ireland, so it's only Irish years that maybe. So like the the, the economy of scale, so to speak. Yeah. But I don't agree that that makes it okay to tweet Fellaini. And no, I'm not, I mean? I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just trying to differentiate the differences. Okay. Whereas. Jess's. I just think I just think either way, like look that like and and I don't want to keep harking on about Jess because not just Jess. Jess, I think, was trying to allude to the fact that like yeah, she's experienced, but this happens in a wider yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an like, issue. It's a wider issue. It's, it's it's internet trolls, man. Like I'll give you an example. Right, last week, last weekend, George North clearly was knocked out in a game of rugby, and it brought in all the things about concussion that we've talked about in this podcast before. But this is. I don't know how many times George North has been knocked out or has suffered a concussion on the pitch. Now, the controversy around this one is because he was off the field, he'd done a, a HIA, a head injury assessment, and was allowed back on the field. And everybody was saying, how, how is that possible? Blah, 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 blah. He was clearly knocked out. He was on the ground, face down, not moving, etc., etc., etc. So, I was one of the people on Twitter that was saying, this is bad form from Northampton. Surely he was out cold. Surely he should have been off the pitch. A lot of other people were, were sort of saying the same sentiment. But then there was the few who were like, Northampton, your doctors are absolute, and then just... Torture them. Horrible abuse. And then abusing George North for having a glass jaw and being, air quotes here, a <laughs> pussy. Like, I'm kind of sitting there and I'm sort of saying like, well, George North didn't aim to get knocked out there. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I don't see what Colin Hamilton is going to do to achieve that in that situation. The simple fact here is that you're tweeting, hoping that you'll get something because you've gone fishing. Like, Do you think there's a difference between tweeting, say the example, uh, <coughs> excuse me, do you think there's a difference in tweeting, uh, a comment about the situation versus tweeting a comment about the situation and tagging the subject like is um, there a difference like if I'm if you're if you're saying Marion Fellaini go, just going back to that example like Marion Fellaini is robbing a living and right. then exa- the other example would be tagging Marion Fellaini no see I think I think the difference though I think the difference is that because both can be picked up like both yeah of course they can if he searches his name on yeah. Twitter for example then yeah he could very then well then he has major it. insecurity but, problems as well but I think the, the the thing is if you tag somebody and you give them criticism that's You're, one thing that's whatever you know what I mean like Fellaini will know better than anybody that he may have cost you know either that win that day for example yeah I definitely but you, did but if you tag him and you're like oh you 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 cost him the match what were you playing at or something but then you know you tag him and you're like you're fucking useless you piece of shit <laughs> I hope you fuck off back to where you came from all that kind of stuff that's where because don't get me wrong like I've, I've been on Twitter and I've been watching a match or I've been in the RDS watching Leinster and something's happened and I'd be like can't believe Keane Healy just butchered that I can't believe Rob Kearney just done that or how did he knock on there? Useless. You know You're tweeting I mean? like, the game live, like like that's that's a reaction to something that's fine. But like I'm not tagging them, and I'm not being like, you know, your shit. I could be better than that and all that. You know what I mean? And that's that's the part that I disagree with. But yeah. I, I think that's a it's a conversation for another day, maybe with somebody who's a social media guru. I'd say people that listen to us now and that do it are saying that we're a bit being a bit dramatic. Yeah, oh, what do you do? Uh, banter. 
I hate when people say banter. Banter alert. I hate when people say, "Oh, it's a bit of banter." What are you What are you getting so serious for? Or oh. I, I just said that when he when he went to England, before he went to England, he never heard of the word banter, and then he yeah. heard it loads of times in England, and then years when years after that, when he was coming home. Then all of a sudden it was in it, Ireland. In between us. He hated it. Yeah, I, I don't like the word myself, but I know it gets you, and I'm alright with using it, like, but I hate it being, um, I hate people, like, using it as a crutch for what is actually just abusing people. Like, Yeah. Oh, it's just that's, banter. That's not banter. No, banter's a two-way thing, like, and banter is, you know what I mean, like... It's a real cockney it's, saying, isn't it? Is it? I think that's just because you hear it in a cockney accent. Oh, you know banter. I mean? but, that was more Mancunian, wasn't it? <laughs> did I distract you there? You watch? did, yeah, you're watch. <laughs> you're like a dog. <laughs> yeah, you're like a dog. I literally was. I was like, what? what is that? What is that? The reflection out there that I was watching just caught me eye there. It's like a dog. Um, anyway. Anyway, look, that's it. That's it. Um, thanks, Jess Kelly. Thanks, Jess Kelly. Thanks, the news Absolute for, legend. For letting us use their facilities. Thanks to Fitzpatrick for uh, supporting us all the time as well. And thanks to you, the listener, for listening. At WTSPod on Twitter, WTSPod on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, Podcast Republic, anywhere and ever there's a podcast, just search WTSPod and we will be there. Don't forget to hit rate, review, subscribe, all those buttons that make us feel good about ourselves. Facebook.com forward slash WTSPod Ireland, at Merdigan Mania on Twitter and at Dan John Murray on Twitter. Yeah, you got it. Woo! You got it all. Doing it all. Doing it all. Danny. Merlo. Too sweet. Heroes, full hearts, candles.